Welcome to Wellness Life Legends of Pana, a mini podcast series that revolves around the stories that portray animals in a sense of awe and admiration and fear for some. These stories help us find out whether these may have affected and molded the modern world treatment of animals. Without much ado, I present to you Vishal and Shashwat, your hosts for Legend of Pana. So, let's dive in. Welcome back to Legends of Fauna, Wilderness Live's first mini-series. I am Vishal. And I am Shashwat. Today, we explore the tales and parables of elephants. While whales are the largest aquatic mammals, elephants are the largest territorial animals. Funnily, approximately 25 elephants weigh equal to one blue whale, and that is a really heavy fish. Incidentally, elephants are also very smart. They live up to the age of 60 and sometimes even 70 years of age. It is estimated that at one point there were almost 350 species, but today there are only two recognizable species of elephants, African species and the Asian ones. In most mythologies, Asian elephants have been seen as deities powerful and graceful, whereas African elephants are often seen as a pool of wisdom and sometimes attributed to African chiefs of the past. We grew up with various idioms around elephants. These are actually rooted in a mixed pickle of both science and mythology. The phrase, elephants never forget, refers to the belief that elephants have excellent memories and are largely related to how they survive. It is based on a scientific study that was conducted on elephants at Amboseli National Park in Kenya. Matriarch elephants in particular were found to hold a store of social knowledge that their families can scarcely do without. The expression, elephant in the room, tells of an obvious truth that no one wants to discuss, alluding to the animal's size compared to a small space. Many contemporary works show the strength of elephants via movies, animations and cartoons, one of the most famous being Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book. There are already four films, two animated movies, and cartoons of Jungle Book launched. In the book, they talk about the law of the jungle. It is the law which states that humans with their trickery are dangerous for the jungle and can lead to its potential destruction. And we all know that it is not false. Bagheera, the Black Panther, also tells Mowgli to bow down in front of the elephants because, and I quote, the elephants created this jungle. Where they made furrows with their tusks, the rivers ran. Where they blew their trunks, the leaves fell. They made all that belongs, the mountains, the trees, the birds in the trees. But they did not make you, and by you, he meant us, the humans. According to the law of the jungle, humans have no place in there and elephants have been the protectors of jungles, and they always will be. Elephants in Hindu mythology have a very significant position. In fact, there are some pretty famous stories about them as well. In Hindu mythology, Indra, the king of gods, was said to ride on a flying white elephant called Eravat. Eravat, which literally translates to the one belonging to Indra, is also known as the elephant of cloud and had six trunks and six pairs of tusks. When Indra would ride into battle atop Eravat, he would hurl his thunderbolt at dark, rain-bearing clouds, which are usually depicted as a herd of dark elephants, forcing them to release rain 
so that the red earth turned green again therefore white elephants are often associated with royal power and the ability to produce rain another very famous story in the hindu mythology revolving around elephants is that of the birth of lord ganesh who is depicted as a human with an elephant's head one hindu story which describes how ganesh was created goes like this goddess parvati wanted a loyal son and hence created ganesh with some turmeric paste parvati's husband the all powerful lord shiva had been traveling while this happened when he returned back he was startled to see a young boy standing near his house so he drew his sword and severed the child's head parvati was enraged when she found about it and shiva was distraught so he sent his soldiers out to bring him the head of the first living creature they came across which just so happened to be an elephant shiva attached the elephant's head to ganesh's body and breathed life into it he then accepted the boy elephant hybrid as his own son the buddhist mythology often talks about buddha's mother queen maya dreaming of a white elephant entering her body this is why white elephants in buddhism are associated with royalty and authority in african mythology they are often associated with power and evocation they are known for both their clairvoyance and stamina and longevity and a few social qualities such as spirit and loyalty keeping with buddhism in japan the elephant headed deity kangeten is worshiped as a central object of devotion kangeten symbolizes conjugal affection and is thus prayed to by couples hoping for children statues of this deity are relatively rare in japan most are kept hidden from public view and used in secretive rituals kangeten statues in japan clearly reflect the deity's hindu origin for in india the deity is known as the elephant headed ganesh in japan kangeten is typically depicted with an elephant's head and the human body or as a pair of two armed elephant headed deities in an embrace kangeten is considered the protector of temples in tibetan buddhist art one often comes across images of mahakal standing upon an elephant headed demon scholars believe that this is gajasur the demon of materialism others say the elephant headed demon represents proto ganesh for long before ganesh became the much loved god who removes obstacles he was a much feared god who created obstacles this tradition still exists in remote tibet where the elephant headed deity is feared and needs to be trampled by the lord of time mahakal One of the mythologies that revolved around Kangeten is the story of King of Marakira. The King of Marakira only ate beef and radishes. When these became rare, he started feasting on human corpses and finally living beings. Turning himself into the great demon king Vinayaka, he commanded a large army of Vinayakas. The people prayed to the Avalokiteshvara, who took the form of a female Vinayaka and seduced him. filling him with joy thus he in union with her became the dual kangeten in the islamic tradition the birth year of prophet muhammad is attributed as the year of elephants in honor of the elephant who saved mecca from getting attacked so what happens is that in that year abraha the ruler of yemen tried to conquer mecca and demolish the kaaba reportedly in retaliation for the previous meccan defilement of al-kali's church in sana which is 
a cathedral that Abraha had constructed. However, his plan was spoiled when his white elephant, named Mahmud, refused to cross the boundary of Mecca. The elephant, who had led Abraha's 40,000 men, could not be persuaded with reason or even with violence, which was regarded as a crucial omen by Abraha's soldier. This is generally related in the five verses of the chapter titled The Elephant in the Quran. In the Chinese zodiac signs, also the ear of the pig is now replaced with the ear of the elephant as a tribute to the importance elephants hold in Thailand. In the Kenyan mythology, they talk about how humans destroyed the harmony of creation. Three beings, the elephant, man and thunder, lived on earth but did not get on because of their vast differences. Gradually, thunder became afraid of men's power and left the earth for the sky. Whereas, the elephant stayed back because he thought the people were small and harmless. When humans and elephants were alone, they fashioned poisonous arrows and shot the beast in the back. As the elephant lay there dying, it wailed at the sky, begging the thunder to save him. But thunder refused, saying that the elephant's naivety had killed him. As the elephant died, people made more poisonous arrows and went on to kill more living creatures eventually becoming the master of nature. Although elephants are regarded to be extremely important and highly prestigious, they are posed for the ivory tusks. Ivory bulls are very important payment in the wildlife trade market, for they are rare and possessing ivory-based products have over the years become a mark of societal success. Despite the ban on ivory trade, every year more than 200,000 elephants are posed for ivory alone. This statistic alone shows that despite the forest rangers and officials being extremely vigilant, 55 elephants die every single day for ivory trade alone. Other than this, elephants have also died due to animal and human conflicts and encroachment of forest land for agriculture. But why is it that ivory has received so much attention over the years? What is ivory able to achieve that cannot be replaced by any other substance? Maybe one that harms less animals? Interestingly, over the years, the legacy of Chinese emperors was gone, but the so-called beliefs they left behind still stuck. One of the stories speaks about the ivory chopsticks that would change color upon contact with the poisoned food. And tusk powder is said to have detoxifying properties giving skin a luminous glow when consumed. These are just some properties connected to ivory. Ivory is called white gold and possesses numerous qualities like durability and lustrous look. Ivory is now a symbol of prosperity, virtue, opulence and chastity. In fact, not only in modern times but this something that has been a part of society since the early men. Early carvers worked with the tusks of the mastodon, mammoth, rhino, hippo, walrus, narwhal and modern elephants. Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna and Flora, CITE, the international body that governs endangered species, currently prohibits ivory trade because of the risk it possesses to elephant conservation. Some African countries oppose this trade ban while others, like Kenya, support it. The reason some African countries are against the ban is mostly that the ivory trade brings in a lot of money and that most of the African countries that provide shelter to the elephants are poverty-stricken and corrupt. But then how is that a valid excuse? Probably it isn't, but they need to make sure their family is alive and they don't have another choice than to give into these trades 
and illegally smuggle ivory and poach the poor elephants for it. Maybe what was told to Mowgli was right after all. We humans do not belong in the jungle. Maybe this ban was a good thing, or maybe it will end in a terrible disaster. That only time can tell. Once an item is made rare, it is more valuable, and the demand for it only rises. Maybe that will happen with ivory. Maybe it won't. And sometime down the line, our future will be able to see jungles full of elephants who are no longer endangered and who no longer need sights to protect them. Well, it sure does sound like a hopeful future. With this, we end our episode here. Join us in the next episode. Till then, stay safe and dream of the wild. Thank you so much for tuning in. You will find us in your playlist every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday at 6 p.m. If you like Wilderness Lives, Legend of Fauna, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends and family. You can also visit our website www.thewildernesslife.com to know more about us. Or you can always follow our official Instagram and Facebook pages at the rate wilderness underscore life. Or register to our Medium publication, The Wilderness Life, to keep updated with our work. See you guys soon with yet another episode.